I'm Chris Duke and today on Motors we're tearing down our Chevy small block to get it ready for rebuild. Presented by Amp Research. For the past four seasons of Motors, we've shown you how to modify the suspension for both cars and trucks, improve your vehicle's performance by showing you how to install everything from an air intake all the way up to a supercharger, add a ton of aftermarket accessories, and maintain your vehicle. But one thing that we've yet to touch is the heart of it all. Now our show is called Motors after all, so it's about time we start working on one of these things. Now we picked up this old Chevy 350 small block V8 engine online for under a hundred bucks. A great thing about working on an engine like this is that they're very common, they're really cheap, they're easy to work on, plus there's a lot of parts and information available on them. When shopping for an old vehicle to rebuild, the biggest question is whether or not the frame is straight. Similarly, when shopping for an old engine, the biggest question is whether or not the block is usable. Now, whether you saw the engine running and then pulled it out of the vehicle or pulled it out of a junkyard, the only way to truly know if the block is usable is by breaking it down and taking a closer look at the block itself. Now, over the course of several episodes this season, we're going to show you how to rebuild an engine on a budget that performs well on pump gas. In today's episode, we're going to show you how to tear down this Chevy 350 engine and what to look for along the way before we head off to our local machine shop to get it all cleaned up. So what do we know about this engine already? Well, we pulled it out of a 1969 Chevy pickup, but we really have no idea if that was the original vehicle for this engine. The previous owner told us that it has a blown head gasket, so we're already expecting some trouble from this 350, but the price was right, so it's worth a shot. It goes without saying that you're going to need an engine stand, some basic wrenches and sockets, and an engine hoist. You can rent an engine hoist for the day like we did, and you can pick up an engine stand for around 100 bucks. Just try to get one that exceeds the weight of your engine, ours is rated at 1500 pounds, and one that rotates 360 degrees. Upon initial inspection, we can already tell that it has some aftermarket parts added, such as the valve covers and the intake manifold, so we can assume that other modifications have been made to this engine. We really won't know more, though, until we start ripping it apart. But before we start the disassembly of our engine, we can take a look at the casting numbers, which are in plain sight. Well, there might be a bit of grease and grime in the way. Now, if you have trouble reading them, even after cleaning them off with some brake clean, try smearing some paint over the top of the numbers. Now right here located on the front of the engine are the letters and numbers V0325CMR. The V tells us that it was made in Flint, Michigan. The 03 indicates the month and the 25 is the day, so we know it was manufactured on March 25th. The suffix code CMR tells us that the engine was made for either a 1974 or 1978 Chevy. Now based on this information alone, we can already determine that this engine wasn't the original engine in the 1969 truck we pulled it out of. Digging a little deeper, on the back of the engine, we found the casting number 3970010. Again, looking online, we found that this number is associated with a 327 from 1968. Since this is a 350, we can ignore that one. But that number is also associated with 350 engines manufactured between the years 1969 and 1979. At the time, it had a maximum horsepower rating of 370 and could have come from a car, truck, or Corvette. Well, now that we know as much as we possibly can about our engine without actually tearing it apart, let's start digging into it. Now, as we remove each part, we'll look for potential problems. And then once we have it just down to the block, we'll take it to New Tech Engine Systems in Ramona, California to learn the process of machining a block. Then once we get that back, we'll start the process of rebuilding our engine using pistons from Molly Motorsports and parts from Eagle Specialty Products, Holly Performance Products, and other manufacturers. 
The tools you're going to need for this project from the Sears Blue Tool crew include some basic ratchets, sockets, extensions, wrenches, and a swivel adapter, a rubber mallet, a speed wrench, a breaker bar, a pry bar, and a harmonic balancer puller. Now when we come back from our break, we'll start tearing that engine apart. Now before we start removing all the parts on our engine, we need to drain out our oil. So we're going to grab a 13 16 wrench to remove our drain plug. And after we've drained out our oil, we're going to use an oil filter wrench to remove our filter. Well, that's funny, I've never seen green oil before. This is what oil looks like when it's full of water. If your oil looks like this, you definitely don't want to be running your engine with it. There's some oil. Now, although we can use a ratchet to remove all the bolts for our oil pan, we're going to use this speed wrench. It'll make it go a lot faster. So we're going to use a 7 16 socket to remove the 14 bolts along the side, and then a half inch socket for the two at either end. Now, with all of our bolts removed, we can remove our oil pan. Now, it looks like we've got a two bolt main. Now let's go ahead and remove our oil filter adapter, our oil pump, flip it around, and we can start removing stuff from the top of this thing. We're going to use a 7 16 socket to remove these two bolts right here for our oil filter adapter, and then a 5 8 wrench for this bolt here for our oil pump. Well, it looks like we're going to need a breaker bar for that, so we're going to use a 5 8 socket and our breaker bar to loosen it up. Yeah. Now to remove the one valve cover that we've got left, we have to remove this breather cap. And normally there's four bolts holding this thing on, the two that are on the bottom are already missing. So we just have these two wing nuts up here on top. To remove our intake manifold, we've got 12 of these 9 16 bolts to remove. To get the two out from the middle, you're going to have to get one of these swivel adapters. Now with those 12 bolts removed, you're going to need a pry tool to get this guy off of there. our head, we've got a total of 17 half-inch head bolts. We've got eight down here on the bottom and nine up here on the top. Before you loosen or remove your last head bolt, you want to loosen these 5-8 rocker arm bolts because these are applying some pressure on the head and you don't want it to fall off on you. Let's pull our last head bolt out here. Now, you might need a pry bar to remove your head, but this one's pretty loose already, so we're not going to need to do that. Well, this doesn't look good. Hopefully, all it is is just a blown head gasket, so let's clean this up and see if we can get the engine to turn over. The coolant worked its way into the cylinder head bolt area, then worked its way into the cylinder from there. Now, if you're only taking the intake manifold off, you can tell that there was water in the oil right here in the lifter valley. 
And we'll be right back after the break with more motors. Hey, welcome back to motors. Now during our break, we removed this cylinder head and everything looks fine over here. Now before we get to the front of our engine, we need to remove all of our lifters and then we're gonna take a closer look at this cylinder head to see if it's reusable because of the damage caused from this cylinder. Well, there doesn't seem to be any significant damage caused by the blown head gasket on this head. So with some proper cleanup and some replacement parts, it should be ready to go again. To disassemble the front end of our engine, we've got to remove this pulley, the harmonic balancer, and this timing chain cover. Now once we get those three off, then we can get to our timing chain and the camshaft. We're going to start with a 5-8 socket on a breaker bar to remove this center bolt right here. Next, using a 9-16 socket and a short extension and your breaker bar, remove the three bolts that are holding the pulley onto the harmonic balancer. To remove the harmonic balancer, you're going to need to get a harmonic balancer puller. Now with our harmonic balancer removed, we can remove our timing chain cover with the 716 socket. We're going to use our speed wrench to speed things up. Use a 716th socket to remove the fuel pump mounting plate. Using a half inch socket, remove these three bolts holding the timing chain cam gear in place. Now put these three bolts back into the end of the camshaft so that you can pull it out. Now if you're going to reuse your crank, you're going to need to remove your timing chain gear using a gear puller. Now we've got our engine turned back upside down so that we can remove our connecting rod bolts using a 916 socket. You are going to have to turn your crank a little bit to get to some of these guys that are buried way down in there. With the nuts still loose, use a rubber mallet to separate the cap from the connecting rod. Then you can remove the two nuts and the cap and then carefully remove the piston and the connecting rod without damaging the crank. Now that our pistons are removed, and before we can remove our crank, we've got to remove our five main bearing caps using a 5-8 socket and a breaker bar. With those five main bearing caps removed, we can remove the crank. Mm -hmm. 
Well, now that we're done stripping our engine down to the block, we can take a closer look at our pistons and our bearings to determine what else was wrong with our engine besides the blown head gasket. All eight of our pistons showed good signs of wear, but these two were in the worst shape. This one here has got a broken compression ring, and if you look on the side, you'll see scratch marks indicating that this one was rubbing against the cylinder wall. Now, this piston came from our cylinder with the blown head gasket, and you can see that these rings are cemented in there due to all the rust and corrosion, and just like this guy, you'll see those scratch marks on the side indicating that it, too, was rubbing up against the cylinder wall. Now our rod and main bearings show inconsistent, uneven wear as well as scratching and the plating is worn all the way down to the copper. Now that we've taken a look at all of these parts, let's grab our crank and take a closer look at it. Now like our bearings, our crank shows signs of uneven wear, scratches, and some heat damage. Now you can take this to your machine shop and they could fix it up, but you're going to have to get newer, thicker bearings. Well now that we know the condition of our bearings, our crank, as well as our pistons, we can take a closer look at our cylinders. When checking out your block, you want to do a visual inspection of each cylinder, checking for cracking or other damage. Now these cylinders are in the worst condition, the one here on the right because of our blown head gasket which caused all that rust and corrosion on the inside, and the one next to it due to the piston that was rubbing up against the cylinder wall. Now after doing our inspection, we've determined that this block is reusable after some machine work. One of the things that we discovered upon closer inspection of our pistons is a 030 that's stamped right onto the top. Now what that tells us is that our cylinders have been bored over 30 thousandths of an inch, which means that each of these cylinders has been machined 30 thousandths of an inch larger in diameter over stock. Parts is brought to you by the Sears Blue Tool Crew. If your tools are looking a bit ragged or you're just starting out and you don't have a huge budget, you might want to get just some of the essentials, like this Craftsman 56-piece Universal Mechanics tool set. Now right away you can see how different these tools look from many others. Their great looking matte black and brushed steel give these tools a really unique look. What's more is the extra large size markings in black show up easily against the brushed metal. But the big story here is the universal nature of this collection. Instead of the typical 6 or 12 point design, each socket and box end wrench has a universal 12 tooth design that will grip 6 different fastener types, and partially stripped or rounded hex ones too. The 56 piece set gives you a 3 8 drive quick release ratchet with an extension, 18 sockets, 14 combination wrenches, a magnetic bit handle with 10 screwdriver bits, 11 hex keys, a storage case, and of course this tool comes with the famous Craftsman Lifetime Warranty. For under 100 bucks, you've got your essentials, thanks to the Sears Blue Tool Crew. Our history with AMP Research goes all the way back to Motor Season 1, Episode 8. That was 55 episodes ago. And you know what we installed in that episode? It was the original bed step from AMP Research. It was easy to install, sturdy as heck because it's made right here in the USA, and it tucks up out of the way so you don't have some big ol' eyesore of a step hanging off the back of your truck while you're driving around town. Well, they've done it again with the bed step 2. Whereas the original bed step was designed for the rear of your truck, the new bed step 2 is designed for either side of your truck, just behind the cab. It allows you to quickly access your truck's toolbox or just give you a leg up to easily access the front of your truck bed. Just kick it down with your foot and step on up. It supports up to 300 pounds and features a high traction composite step pad so you're not going to slip off. It's made from die cast aluminum and it's backed by a three year warranty. Now stay tuned for an upcoming episode of Motors this season where we're going to show you how to install 
all of AMP Research's products on a Chevy Silverado, including the bed extender, the incredible power steps, the original bed step, and of course, the brand new bed step two. Are you looking for more performance from your fuel system? Well, FST Performance has what you need, whether it's for automotive or marine applications. Now, what I've got right here is their RPM 300 high performance fuel filter and water separator system that comes in a red, just like this one, or a clear anodized finish. It's small size, only four inches when you add on the filter, and dual inlet and outlet ports helps a great deal when it comes to installation. The included four micron filters designed for gasoline, ethanol, and or methanol fuels. So you can definitely take this bad boy racing with you since it supports up to 300 gallons per hour, which can handle engines up to 2000 horsepower. Now for more information, just visit the parts page at our website. Letters, brought to you by E3 Spark Plugs, born to burn. Hey, are you on Facebook? Because if you are, you should check out our Motors TV Facebook page at facebook.com slash Motors TV. Every month we're giving away free tools from the Sears Blue Tool crew, so you don't want to miss out on any important announcements. Plus, we're always uploading photos and videos from behind the scenes while we're filming the show. And of course, you don't want to miss out on any important news updates. So head on over to the Motors TV Facebook page and click that big old like button at the top. Our first letter comes from Nick who writes, Hello Chris, your show is one of the best, most in-depth shows I've ever watched. I liked it so much I watched all four seasons in two days. Now, next month I'll be getting a 2006 Trailblazer and I was wondering what would be some cheap but powerful upgrades. Well Nick, of course you can do the intake and exhaust combination. You want to do both because you want to open up both ends. Now those are inexpensive, you can do it yourself and you will feel the difference. The other upgrade you should do, give you a little bit added performance, and it's really simple to do, is upgrade your spark plugs to E3s. Now next up is Wayne Shaw who writes, Hey Chris, I've been all over the Motors website looking to purchase one of those dapper shirts you wear on the show. Do you know where I could buy one? P.S. Love the outtakes at the end of the shows. Keep it up. Well Wayne, we don't have them there now, but we are going to have them soon. Some shirts. So click that store link at the top of our website. If it's not there, just keep checking back. As far as the outtakes, those are fun, man. I mean, we have so much fun on this show, it's great to be able to share it. We've been doing that since episode one. So if you guys out there haven't seen the credits of any episode of Motors, I beg you to check it out. They're funny, and I just make a fool of myself. Now, Leon Davis writes, Hi, Chris, I've got a 2007 Mustang 4.0. I'd like to install a side exhaust kit, and I can't find a kit anywhere. Also, do I need to have my computer reconfigured if a cold air intake is added? Well, Leon, check out Servini's. They have one for the V8 as well as your V6. The other one to check out is one called Blow By Racing. Now, as far as the intake kit, it depends on the manufacturer. Some do and some don't. So I recommend you give them a call or check out their website to see if you need a programmer to install their air intake. Now, a viewer named Tom asks, where did you buy the Hello Lights on the 2005 Ford F-150? Well, Tom, if you head on over to myhellolights.com and you scroll all the way down the bottom of the page, there's a link that says where to buy. Click that and you'll get a huge list of retailers that sell Hello Lights. Now, if you or anyone else that's watching is interested in the installation episodes where we featured Hello Lights, check out episode five from season two, episode two from season three, and episode two from season four. Anthony Wright wrote, Hey Chris, first, I just want to say that I just found out about Motors Unhooked. I finished all three and a half seasons in a little over a day. I'm currently considering buying an air compressor and some air tools, and I was wondering what kind you guys might recommend. 
Well, Anthony, we've got a 27-gallon Craftsman air compressor right over here that we use for the show, and we love that thing. Now, what most people don't realize is that air tools and air compressors really aren't that expensive, especially if you get them on sale. Now, there's a wide range of tanks that you can get, too. You don't have to get a big old Herkin thing, either. You can get one that fits your budget. So what I recommend is you head on over to the Sears Blue Tool crew and have them show you what they've got. And finally, John LaVorne writes, I've got a Toyota Camry with a V6. I want to change the spark plugs, but the ones in the back are tough to reach. Are there any tools or tricks that would make the job easier? Well, John, if you rewind this episode a bunch, back when we were removing the intake manifold off the top of our small block Chevy, we used this little swivel adapter. I recommend you get one of those, as well as an extension to use with your sockets. With those two things, you can pretty much get anything into weird situations inside your engine compartment. And finally, just make sure you take your time and remove any plastic covers or anything else that might be in the way. Now, John, you also might want to hold off on that because you're going to get new spark plugs for sending in your letter, and everybody else whose letter I read on the show today gets a new set of E3 spark plugs for your ride. Now, to find out more information about E3's technology or to see if they're available for your ride, just head on over to e3sparkplugs.com. Tearing down an engine can be kind of messy, but with the right tools and the help of a buddy, you can knock it out in just a few hours. Uh, next up for our small block is to take it to New Tech Engine Systems in Ramona, California. We're going to have our friend Britt walk us through the entire process of machining a block step by step. Now for more information on all the tools that we use from the Sears Blue Tool crew, just head on over to our website. We'll catch you next week on Motors. We are going to go in and have <coughs> some action, Ricky Booby. Ricky Booby. Using a 916 socket, remove the dealy hopper off the side of the whatchamacallit. So with some proper cleanup and some replacement heart, hearts, I lose my camera guy if I don't do this in one take. Nice. Nice. One of the things that we discovered upon closer, closer, one of the things that we discovered upon closer inspection of our pistons is this, 